This is the Law for Community Workers podcast for community and health workers produced by Legal Aid New South Wales. My name is Pauline and I'm from the Community Legal Education Branch here in Legal Aid and we would like to acknowledge that our podcast is recorded on Aboriginal land and pay our respects to Elders past and present. Always was, always will be. Hello everyone. Today our guest is Xanthi from Advanced Care Planning Australia and she's here today to talk about Advanced Care Planning. Hi Xanthi and welcome. Hello Pauline and thank you for having me. Uh, Yes, I'm from Advanced Care Planning Australia. I'm the Program Director and I would like to acknowledge that I'm speaking from the land of the Turrbal and Yuggera people and add my respects uh, to those of Pauline's and also uh, pay my respects to any listeners of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander descent. Um, As Pauline mentioned, I'm from Advanced Care Planning Australia. I have the privilege of leading a small team that delivers this national project funded by the Commonwealth Government. And we're there to improve the knowledge, understanding and uptake of advanced care planning in Australia. And I love that I get to support the delivery of a program that ultimately aims to respect the autonomy, individuality and dignity of all Australians at a potentially really vulnerable time in their life. So thanks for having me, Pauline. It's lovely to have you here. Welcome to the podcast. As I mentioned in the introduction, we are going to talk about advanced care planning. But before we get to the questions, Xanthi, would you please tell us a little bit about your service, what it provides for people? Certainly. So Advanced Care Planning Australia provides a range of services. We provide a telephone support service for people. We have a website with lots of information. We provide education to health professionals and members of the public and we are there basically just to support anybody with information um, about advanced care planning. We work at a high level to also embed advanced care planning in policy. But you're probably wondering what advanced care planning is. So advanced care planning is largely the reverse of what it says. It's planning for care in advance. So it means all of us should plan now for our future health care for a time when we might not be able to make or communicate our preferences for care. And that can happen at any age. This might include medical treatment preferences, but also other aspects of care, like where you want to be cared for, who you want around you, uh, what music you want being played in the background, what uh, things bring you comfort. Advanced care planning helps all of us as we approach the end of our lives because half of us will not have the ability to make decisions at that time. So planning ahead by discussing these things now might feel a little bit uncomfortable. However, this can lead to much less distress for family members and health professionals if everyone knows your preferences and everyone is on the same page to deliver you the very best care, what you, you call your very best care at the end of your life. It's very important that people recognise that this is a voluntary process. No one should ever be forced to write anything down, um, but it should be a choice that you make to write down your preferences and wishes for your future health care. And you may want to do it over and over again, um, but the important thing is at no time are you coerced or pushed to do this. Why do we need more than just a will? That's a great question. Uh, A will is something that we do to ensure that there's some legal protection on our preferences for how we want our finances managed after we die. And most of us are pretty good and we've done this, we've sorted this. But 
but it also shows that we all acknowledge that one day we will die. So we need to put some things in place about the care that we receive before we die. We may end up with a stroke or have a progression of disease such as dementia or we might just become a little bit more sleepy as we approach the end of our life as part of the normal process and we might need to rely on someone else to make decisions for us. So we need to make sure that we've chosen a really good person who we trust, who would want to make decisions on our behalf and we need to be clear with them about what our health preferences are. So what would be the key components of advanced care planning then? What are the things that would make a really good foundation for an ACP document? Sure. So we talk about three things. Be open, be ready, be heard. And being open is thinking about your values and preferences, what it is that you like, how you want to be cared for. Being ready is talking about these things with family members, doctors, anybody that might be required to make decisions on your behalf. And being heard is about clearly writing down on an advanced care directive, and that the form is named differently in each state and territory, but writing down clearly all the things that really matter to you and you'd want others to know if they were making healthcare choices on your behalf. So Xanthi, who should be your substitute decision maker? Can that be the same person that you have as your executor? That's an excellent question. The overarching thing with your substitute decision maker is they should be someone you trust completely. You are entrusting them to make decisions on your behalf. They should be someone over 18 and they should know exactly what you want in every situation as much as possible. They may not know exactly what treatments you want, but they might know what outcomes you would find acceptable, whether that's being dependent on someone else for showers, not being able to engage in conversation, Or it might be that they know you want specific treatments or surgeries or chemotherapy. Now, importantly, your executor is also someone you trust and that somebody is obviously looking after your estate after you've died. And because often we have a small circle of people that we trust that closely, it's very common that your substitute decision makers for health decisions before you die is also the executor of your will for after you die. They are two separate roles and they're appointed in different ways and they may be the same person or they may not. The person who might be a really good person to make health decisions might not be a very good person when it comes to managing your finances afterwards. So choose wisely, choose carefully and make sure it's very clear to both of those people or if they are the same person, be very clear about what it is you want and how you want them to represent you. Santhi, are there any costs to complete advanced care planning documents? Do they sit with or alongside your will? How are they kept? Sure. So you can complete um, advanced care planning documents for free. They can be downloaded from a website, advancedcareplanning.org.au. You can get them from your local hospital and maybe your GP, or you can get them posted to you free from our service. It can sit alongside your will, but the most important thing is that your healthcare preferences are shared because when they're needed, they're needed pretty urgently often, whereas your will, it won't matter if it takes an extra few days to find your will, but your healthcare documents, your advanced care planning documents need to be available and accessible when someone needs to make a decision on your behalf. So it's a good idea to share them with your family members, with your hospital, with your GP, 
And there's other mechanisms uh, like uploading to My Health Record if you choose to. So you can actually record that on My Health Record that you have ACP documents in place? Yes, and you as an individual can upload those documents yourself or you can get somebody else to do it on your behalf. And some GP practices are now able to upload your advanced care planning documents. So you just need to ask them to see if they're able to do that. Xanthi, would it be worth individuals having a little business card in their wallet or in their purse advising people that they do have ACP documents in case something ever happens? Uh, That's an excellent idea. And uh, Advanced Care Planning Australia does have some wallet cards where people record the phone number of their GP, the phone number of their substitute decision maker, and some people write where their document is stored and what even their primary wish is. So that might be that under no circumstances do I want you to do CPR, or it might say, please uh, make sure you contact my daughter on this number and tell them to keep me comfortable. We will have links to the ACPA website, obviously, but we will also have links in the show notes to access the resources that Xanthi refers to as well. So can anyone access the ACPA service and how how should they do that? Sure. So there's a few ways. They can phone our, our support service for free. They can phone the service in business hours and that's AEDT or Sydney time on 1300 208 582 and they can talk to one of our experienced volunteers who can talk them through the process of advanced care planning and answer any questions that you have. The team can send you out a pack which will contain the advanced care planning documents for your state or territory. We have a website with lots of information about advanced care planning and I mentioned that website before, advancedcareplanning.org.au and this has resources for all of us. It's got some conversation starters so if we don't know where to start, it's got some sort of helpful questions to ask, it's got information about where to store your documents, you can download the forms and print them out yourself and also some information about my health record and where to store documents. There's fact sheets about legal information and even fact sheets and help for somebody who is the substitute decision maker for someone. So information on how to be a substitute decision maker and what you need to know. People can also attend a webinar for free with information about advanced care planning and they run every month. Um, We have a range of resources also written in other languages. And if a family member or even a health staff member wants to call, they can also call the line and get information about uh, where to go for further information or how to access resources. So it's a very, very helpful phone line, 1300 208 582, that provides a wealth of information. And if they don't know the answer, they will find out the answer for you. Also, the website is brilliant and very, very easy to navigate. So I strongly encourage listeners to have a look. So when should a person update their ACP documents, Xanthi? Is it easy to do? Uh, Yes, it's very easy to do. At Advanced Care Planning Australia, we recommend that people review their documents every year or so or when their health or living situation changes. So this might be if we lose a spouse or a partner or if we have a new medical event or receive a new diagnosis 
or even if we're finding that we're needing more help just to manage at home, to do the things that we've always been able to do. We might review it and look at it and realise, oh, no, everything is exactly the same. Or we might realise that what we wanted a year ago is quite different now. You might have a new puppy that you suddenly want included in your advanced care planning document that you want to make sure that they're with you as you approach your end of life. Or you might have had chemotherapy for the last year and realise now, oh, I've had enough of that and I don't want that anymore. So you might add that to your advanced care planning document. Are there any costs associated with changing the documents? No costs at all. When you do update the document, it's really good that you share that document with all the same people that you had shared the previous one because when you do a new document, it actually revokes the previous one. So you want to make sure that everybody has the most up-to-date version of your document. So when you do complete your advanced care planning documents, what should people do with them? Right. So I, I think share them as widely and broadly as you can, but just remember where you've shared them. So I definitely encourage people sharing them with their substitute decision maker. So that will be a person that you've nominated legally on a form in your state and territory. Uh, they're called an enduring power of attorney or enduring guardian, a medical treatment decision maker, depending on what state or territory you live in. I encourage people to share it with their local hospital who may have a system where they upload them onto their medical records so that if you presented to the emergency department that they had that on file. Share it with your GP practice and also your other family members because you want them to know what your wishes are and even though there may only be one or two substitute decision makers, you want the family to know that this is your choice. You're, you're pre-consenting almost to what you do and do not want to happen, which means if you're travelling interstate that it's available in another state or territory. But I also suggest that you keep the original with your medications at home so that if an ambulance service or a paramedic arrives, they generally check your medicines and so they will also see your advanced care directive. Please don't lock it away in a filing cabinet or leave it in a solicitor's office because at 2am on a Saturday morning, maybe no one will find that advanced care directive. So please share it where you can, but remember where you've shared it so that you can update it. You mentioned um, health services and GPs, but what role exactly does the GP and health service have in this process? So they can answer questions about advanced care planning that you may have, but often they're very busy. So talk to them about what you want for your health care and just talk about whether that's reasonable. Ask them about your medical trajectory and what your health will look like in 12 months' time. And if you were to start certain treatments, how would that affect you based on your individual health situation? GPs and doctors in health services are required to sign an advanced care directive, so they need to be involved in that. And they should look over the document and provide some guidance and they may also provide you some updates or, or, or encourage you to fill something out a little bit further to make it more clear and then of course to share those documents with those people. Excellent. Santhi, what systems are there to protect a person's wishes once they've completed an ACP document? It's very a very very good question. So the best thing to do to protect yourself after you've completed a document is actually before you've completed the document. Make sure that you have been as comprehensive as possible. 
Don't just say, I value my independence and I just want to be independent. You have to explain what that means so that anybody making a decision for you recognises your level of independence means this. You might be happy for someone to come and help you with a shower, but you don't want to be lying in bed and having somebody wash you. So be very, very detailed about what it is you want and the reasons behind that, because sometimes the decision might be a little bit different to that. Clearly, uh, talk to your doctors and your substitute decision maker and the rest of your family so that everybody's on the same page. So that's sort of before you've completed the document or just after you've completed the document. If there is a problem after the document has been completed and you've lost your ability to make a decision and speak for yourself and there's conflict between your decision makers, each state and territory has a civil and administrative tribunal and they can settle a dispute between substitute decision makers. They may actually revoke the appointment of a substitute decision maker if they're not acting in your best interest. And if in the absence of any substitute decision maker, they can be appointed as a guardian or the public guardian can be appointed as a guardian to make decisions on your behalf and they will use the document as their guide for what treatments you would or would not want. Xanthi, is there a contingency when you're the carer for someone with no capacity for making those decisions for themselves? Can you make an advanced care plan on their behalf? Yes. So sometimes people don't call it advanced care planning at that stage. What it is is about making sure that the plan for care is clearly documented. There is great concern for the safety of a vulnerable person who cannot make their own decisions. So if they've lost capacity, they can't complete a legally binding or common law advanced care directive or appoint a substitute decision maker. So as much as possible, family and previously appointed substitute decision makers should be involved in clear discussions, setting goals of care, outlining what the quality of life and care preferences are for that person. And then a doctor might be involved to make treatment decisions, such as whether or not it's appropriate to provide cardiopulmonary resuscitation or CPR, or things like transfer to hospital or antibiotics. Or maybe the doctor might decide that palliative care and comfort cares is actually the most important thing for that person. So the main thing is, again, just constantly talking about it so that everybody is on the same page. The person who has has got some reduction in their decision-making capacity, they really should be involved in the conversation as much as possible so that they might say, oh, I never want to go to hospital. And then everybody's heard that clearly so that they're able to build that into the care plan. Thank you for that, Xanthi. Would that also include or cover uh, what the parents of adult children with severe disabilities whom they're the sole carers for, would it be the same for their situation? Yes. So because if the adult child has never had full decision-making capacity to write their choices and their preferences for their own health care, then the parents are able to outline what brings that person quality of life and joy and also you know, potentially like what scares them. So if going to hospital is a scary thing, if going to any sort of institution is a scary thing, then what can be done to minimise that uh, fear in the adult child? What are some soothing things that will help? 
They may not be able to provide information about treatment choices that are legally binding, but they can certainly express that, you know, they don't like needles. So please, uh, we, we would prefer there was no more, no blood tests done or something along those lines. And um, hopefully a doctor who knows that family well might be able to support that sort of planning in advance. Okay, thank you. What's the best way to start the ACP process? So the best way to start is firstly to think about what matters to you. Uh, Use our conversation starters on our website and ask yourselves the questions about what's important to you, who's important to you, and always ask why so that people can then understand a little bit about why having a view of the garden might be important to you. Start the conversation with family, friends and doctors and there will be tears, there might be laughter. Uh, You want this to be an open discussion and people don't like talking about this topic sometimes but afterwards it's such a relief. Uh, So I really encourage people to be brave and to start the conversation with those people who are around you that might be involved in decision making. I recommend everybody to appoint a substitute decision maker who you trust. Tell them what you want though because too often they're left in the dark. They know they've got to make decisions for you but they don't know where to start. Write down your preferences for your substitute decision maker and for your doctors and then share those documents with your family, the doctor, your GP, the hospital, my health record. And keep a copy on your fridge or with your medications. Again, thank you so much for joining us today, Xanthi, and for sharing such an important service with us. Thank you so much for having me, Pauline. And uh, just a reminder, if any of our listeners are wanting to find out more, they can visit Advanced Care Planning Australia uh, on our website, advancedcareplanning.org.au, or phone us on 1300 208 582 and they can get a free information pack mailed out and ring as many times as they need to to get any answers of any questions that they have. That was our guest, Xanthi Sansom from Advanced Care Planning Australia. As always, you will find links to all the websites, pages and resources mentioned in this episode, as well as a full transcript listed in our show notes. Or you can email us to cle at legalaid.nsw.gov.au. This has been Law for Community Workers. Thank you for listening and goodbye, everyone.